thank you, thank you. Love y'all's time. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I feel like I say it all the time, but our, you know, our church family is like the most encouraging, you know, community ever. You like, you can't fail. You know, you can't fail. We just everybody's cheering on, and that comes obviously comes from our pastors. So, Pastors Oronika, thank you so much for cheering um, us on. Okay, y'all, I'm, I'm gonna start with some questions here. Okay, I'm gonna start with some questions. Okay, what are your dreams? Oh, big question. What are what are your hopes? Okay. Uh, what are your aspirations? What are your goals? What are your priorities? Mm. Knowing the answers uh, to all of these questions, um, and there could definitely be a lot more to this, but knowing the answers to all of these questions are something that you obviously need to know for yourself, okay? But you also need to know this for every person that you lead. This is the law of addition. Mm. The law of addition says, says that leaders add value by serving others. We add value to others when we truly value them and intentionally make ourselves valuable to them. Mm. So how we, know, uh, how we know these things is we know um, what, is, what are the things that they value? What do they prioritize? What are those, their goals? Um, whenever you're leading people, knowing these things actually makes, them, makes you a value add to them. I'm going to be totally honest with you, okay? Whenever I started coming to Shoreline, um, I was completely selfish. Completely selfish. Me becoming a part of Shoreline City was solely motivated on me. I'm going to be, I was told, I mean, obviously, you know, I want to live my life uh, for Jesus. That was about me. I wanted to live, I, it was a priority to me that I would live my life surrendered to God. Um, I wanted to be the best father I could be. And I saw the way Pastor Earl was a father to his children. I um, wanted to um, like serve others. I wanted to be a part of a church that was like literally going to change a generation. Like this is like a prayer of mine since I was like 19 years old. God, may, I want to be a part of a church that changes a generation. I want to be a part of a church that like lives life and your Christianity in a way where you don't have to like wear masks. You know, I remember um, coming to Shoreline City. Um, I was like, you know what? I'm going to live out my Christianity how I really value it to be lived out. And that was like with no masks. Not to say other churches put masks on you. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm like, for me, I felt that tension sometimes that I like would have to like wear a mask. And I remember Pastor Earl in the beginning be like, we don't, we're not interested in you wearing masks. Like we want you to be real. This is why we do connect groups. But do you hear how it was all very motivated by like my motivations? It was actually motivated by self. Now, obviously, those values that I valued also aligned um, with the church, but it was actually me um, becoming a part of Shoreline City and jumping all in was actually because it lined up with my dreams, because it actually lined up with my hopes. Pastor Earl being the leader and influence that he was in my life is because he actually connected to my aspirations. He actually connected to my goals, who he was as a leader and as an example for me pushed me towards my goals. So that was why I chose it. And this is something that is really, really important that we must understand with all of our teams. When it comes to the law of attraction, we add, uh, law of addition, we add value by serving others. But you can only serve others by knowing what they need. Now, this is something that's a little bit different in the corporate world, okay? If you're in the corporate world, um, many times you're like just trying to like achieve the goals on your own and success on your own. Like success is typically defined by like climbing the ladder all the way to the top. 
And it's like, it's about you. But I would actually switch that and I would say, I actually think the definition of real success is actually helping all those around you achieve their goals. And helping all those around you achieve success. Exceptional leadership is not how far we advance ourselves, but how far we advance others. Now, this is actually the gospel, 100%. You know, like Jesus is like the biggest value add to like every single one of us here. He was actually the one who placed value on all of us. We, um, we believe that every person has value not based upon like their productivity, but because of what the gospel declares over them. Every person's value is Jesus to God. But Jesus was the one who did that. Matter of fact, the disciples were like arguing, like, who's gonna be great? Who's gonna be great? Who's gonna be great among us? Like, you know, Jesus is gonna set up his kingdom, and like, who's gonna be on the right? Who's gonna be on the left? Who's gonna be the top dogs, like the top G's in like Jesus' world? And Jesus was like, hey man, you're, you're getting it wrong. That's how the world thinks. If, if you wanna be a part of my kingdom, the way to do this is to serve. The greatest among you must be the chief servant. We're talking about the law of addition. We add value to those around us by serving them. And the kingdom is so different than the world would say. So what is the definition of true success as a leader? It's not being at the top of the ladder. It's actually that the team around you achieves way more than you could ever achieve. This is something that I like absolutely adore about the service department, okay? Like I've been in the services department, you know, everything from worship tech production, um, you know, for a couple of years now and stepped into some new roles. And this is one of the things that I absolutely love about that team is that every single person on the team is way better than me. And I'm so thankful because if I was the best person, we would never have a live stream and we would never have worship. But I, I can't be intimidated by that as a leader. I actually have to celebrate that. And actually have to find ways to serve them and push them forward. Whenever I came to Shoreline City, I was purely motivated by my own ambitions and what I felt like God was putting in me and what he was calling me to do, and it aligned with the vision of this house. But whenever a person becomes a leader, they're no longer focused solely on their goals, but intentionally help others to achieve theirs. So do you have this tool in your leadership belt? Do you add to the life of those around you? Or do you subtract? This is how you know if you are functioning in the law of addition. Do you add or subtract to the lives of those around you? The, the sad thing is that many times whenever people are subtracting, they don't actually really even know it. You know, it's like you're kind of just unaware. Um, but to add, you have to be very intentional. So how do you know what people value? How do you know what your team values? How do you know what each person values on your team and how to motivate them? You ask questions, but you have to listen. Because each team member, each person um, that you're leading has a different dynamic, different season of life. The way I was motivated as single Eric was very different than the way I was motivated whenever I was like young married Eric. And now it's very different in the way I'm motivated as like now I'm a dad of two. My motivations are different. And pastors Ononika throughout every season have actually served, empowered, and equipped me very differently based upon the season. People are people. We're not like living in a vacuum or something that's cookie cutter. We have emotions. We're, we're um, driven by different things in different seasons. And how do we add to people's life is we listen. 
Where are they at? And what do they need? Inexperienced leaders are quick to lead before knowing anything about their people. They'll, They'll start to lead before they know anything about the people that they're leading. But mature leaders, listen. Learn and then lead. They listen, they learn, and then they lead. Learn what is valuable to them and then lead from there. What does each team member need and what do they value? This is how you get this information. You listen to the stories. Yeah. Like what do they do throughout the weekend? What are the stories happening in their life? When you ask them what's going on, what are the things that they're saying, oh, this is important for me to communicate in this moment? You listen to their stories. You listen to their dreams and their aspirations. What do they want for their future? And here's something that I feel like is not always talked about. You pay attention to their emotions. I think as a leader, so many times we do not talk about the emotional labor that it takes to actually be an effective leader. But you listen to their emotions. How are they feeling about what they're communicating? What do they feel like in their current moment? All of these things are like gifts that your teams and those that you are leading, like they're giving you all these gifts on how to lead and care for them well. How to be a leader in their life that doesn't subtract from their life, but actually add to their life. Now, being in the church world, for, for those, many of those in the room and some of us that are listening online, you know, um, being in the church world, we have so many advantages when this actually um, comes to this area of leadership because um, we're getting to live out our dreams. Yeah. Like a, a person values, someone who's serving on a Sunday, um, they're here because they value laying their life down and serving others for the kingdom. There are all these already like um, given additions that are like don't even need to be said because they don't have to be here. The serve team doesn't get paid to actually be there. So we're actually already aligning on so many different things. But as you lead your serve teams, are you aware of how each person is motivated? Okay. This is how we have high functioning teams. We understand the motivations of others. Uh, Someone that I think that was phenomenal at this is Phil Jackson, okay? Do you guys remember Phil Jackson, okay? Uh, He was a coach of the Chicago Bulls whenever they three-peated, not once, but twice, okay? Uh, He was a coach of the Lakers. Did the Lakers three-peat? I don't know if they did a three-peat. They did three. So, you know, Phil Jackson just stays on three-peats. Three-peats are really hard. This is where, for those who are not sports uh, people, this is where you win three championships back to back to back, okay? Um, Phil Jackson had Michael Jordan on his team. Phil Jackson had Kobe Bryant on his team. Phil Jackson had Scottie Pippen, Shaquille O'Neal. If you don't know what any of these names mean, okay, like these are like the top dogs in the NBA. I'm telling you, like alpha, high achieving, want to be the best, but yet he was their leader. And he couldn't, um, to be an effective leader and an effective coach, he couldn't actually push them down. He actually had to figure out how to make them higher. So one of the things that he would actually do as a leader is every year he would give them a book. And he would say, hey, I'm going to give you this book to read. You know, I think they called him the Zen master, okay? But yeah. he, they, he would give them this book every year to, like, help them be the greatest player that they, could also, that they could possibly be. Because they understood that being the best they can be is not, like, a thing of, like, physical attributes alone. Yeah. It wasn't just because they can run fast or dunk hard or shoot the basketball. That there's also all these internal components on the inside of them. The, uh, the book that he gave Michael Jordan, um, it's like the Song of Solomon by someone, but it was essentially talking about how home life constructs the rest of your life. 
um, the book that he gave Kobe Bryant. I don't remember the name of it right now, um, but he was the, the point of that book was to help Kobe Bryant understand the difference between law and justice. But do you see how two top performing athletes motivated by things that were very different in different seasons of life? And this is what it looks like to be a leader who functions in the law of addition. You understand where your team is at and you actually add value to them, not subtracting value from them. And as you add value to your team, you become a better leader. And as you add to one person and then to another person and to another person, Addition no longer is just addition and now becomes multiplication. This is the law of addition. Let's go. Love y'all so much. Love y'all.